Welcome to Business Conversations with your host, business strategist, Clive Enever. Clive is joined by expert guests as they talk business behind the scenes to give you the tools and insights to support your growth, security and serenity as you strive for your success. Welcome to another episode of Business Conversations with Clive Enever. I am Clive Enever, business strategist, and we're having a conversation with Johan Nagira about how to build, grow, and scale a business. Johan's life work has been dedicated to growing businesses, leveraging technology, and multiplying bottom line. I think there's a few who might like that, Johan. He believes strongly in ethical business practices and is a champion for anyone who wants to build their own business, enhance their career, increase their personal wealth, and add to their personal growth. His four vital areas for implementation enhancement include strategy, innovation, marketing, and technology. Hello, Johan. Now, that's quite a bit. What are you up to today? (laughs) What am I up to today? Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on the show. Really appreciate it. And I get to spend time with the voice of God. It's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Yeah. Building, growing, and scaling a business. I see a lot of that out there on social media and various other platforms. Yes. But you've actually made it your life's work. Correct. Tell, tell us about building, growing, and scaling a business and how strategy, innovation, marketing, and technology all fit into that. <laughs> okay, cool. So I built my first business. It's probably my fourth business, but you know, there's, we always have businesses before we have that <laughs> one real business. What are those, a few of those businesses before we actually had a business. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and even this first business, so it's a digital agency. It's existed for 10 years. It feeds 92 families. It's been there. It's the first business that I got into, and I built it with no strategy. I built it with passion. Passion can only get you so far in terms of building, growing, and scaling. So everything was done with blood, sweat, and tears. Every client was won the hard way when we started off. And so that's the company that existed. Now, during this journey, we ended up becoming known as the people who build platforms and technology for anybody who doesn't want to do projects. So we've done projects for you know, the government, for defense, all these other cool clients. But from that, I built a platform that allowed us to build apps for buildings. Now, when this happened, I met these guys who said, hey, Johan, you know, we love your technology that you've built, but you don't actually know the value of what you've actually built. I said, oh, interesting. They go, yes, you're selling this for this price, which doesn't do it justice. Let us show you how to turn this into a $100 million company. Now, at this point in time, Well, I was gobsmacked and I said, I don't think you know what you're talking about. And they sat there and, well, in my brain, I could not even comprehend what $100 million looks like in my bank account. And you see, that's the problem. I couldn't comprehend what it looks like in my mind. And so from that, they said to me, well, we don't build businesses the way you do or that the masses do. We build businesses with strategy. So, oh, that's an interesting statement. I've never had that before. He said, yes. And so he showed me his portfolio of businesses that he's built. And the last business that this person built was is right now on the stock exchange at $1.2 billion. So I went, why are we aiming so low? Why only $100 million? <laughs> and Suddenly the sky has changed. Exactly, exactly. It changed my entire mindset. And so from that, I went, wow, this is incredible. Yes, I'd love to come along the journey. Let's do this. And within four years, the company was turning over $20 million. Now, that, I'd never seen that amount of money before. So... Going from a digital agency that had so many overheads, so many staff, so many problems, 
you inherently have when you run an organization of that magnitude to running a lean organization which with strategy at its core. And hey, this is the goal of where we want to get to. It changed everything. And so while I was writing success, and it was, no, was, it is the most fun time, two of my friends committed suicide, which they're in the digital space. It really messed with my brain because all it would have taken was one phone call to me and I could have changed their path, changed their direction. That's hindsight. And so I had no idea about anxiety, depression, and the loneliness of the journey that most business owners have. And so from that, I started talking to more people. And the more people I talked to, they said, yes, they've been building, their taxes are overdue, their, you know, their cash flows messed up. They rely on one or two or three main clients. When that client drops, their whole livelihood is gone. They can't get mortgages. There were so many problems in there. Now, this sort of led me to a sleepless night and sleepless nights, I should say. So there's the incident with my friends, there's figuring out all these problems. And then I went to a seminar, business growth seminar. As you say, you know, there's so many of these on social media, build, grow and scale your business, blah, blah, blah. And most of the times when I go to these things, it's people who sell training courses. It's not that they've ever built an actual real business. No offense to anybody who's listening who actually, no, you shouldn't be in business if you haven't built a business. So yes, <laughs> and I went to this thing and the guy, the, the advice that he was giving was sound and lady next to me and I made friends with her and she's 65 years old. And during the course of the day, she, we became friends and she shared with me that she only had $26,000 in a bank account and that's all she has. And she's running out of time and she's stressed that she has not left anything for her family. That's why she's getting into this. She wants to build a business at the age of 65. I'm like, oh my God. And the guy on stage is selling a thing for 800 hours of audio for $25,000. She's going to go up and buy it. I'm begging her. I'm like, please don't do it. Each hour of content takes eight hours to implement. You cannot possibly go through 800 hours of audio and achieve the goals that you want. Anyway, she did it nevertheless. So that was another sad moment. And so I said to my wife that night again, we couldn't sleep. I was like, man, there's all these people out there who one, haven't achieved any real results. Have, you know, they're just jumping on the bandwagon of, yeah, let's sell courses, let's do all this. So what if we actually created something that was proper? We've built, grown, and scaled businesses for the last 14 years. Between me and my wife, I own two companies, she owns two of her own companies, and together we own another company called Business Authorities. And so we said, what if we ran an event where nobody, yeah, nobody pitched anything? And then, yeah, I had calls from all these people going, you can't run an event. You can't charge $1,000 a ticket. What's wrong with you? You have no track record in the business, in the events industry. You know, you've never run an event before. You can't run an event at $1,000. I said, well, we can. Anyway, business authorities, that was a spark because that event lit up the spark. It created the community. We delivered massive, massive value. And now our community members are building, growing, and scaling their businesses. So just to cut forward in the last three months now, I've given you like a 14-year history, excuse me, for just yapping on. This is what we like. We like history. <laughs> yes, <laughs> We like to hear where it happened and where it came from because our listeners are in similar spaces. Our listeners are everything from, I think I might start it, or I wonder why I thought I should, to <laughs> perhaps doing quite well. And all of these things are important for people to learn. For example, like you said, a fellow said to you, we'll turn your business into a $100 million business. You said, golly gee, I think that sounds a little bit rich. I've never seen $100 million. <laughs> I don't know what it is. So, But all of a sudden, you're on the path. And then other things are happening. So 
our business conversation can be an inspiration for somebody else, but that requires that history. So let's Fantastic. go, Johan. Now we're up to yeah. the last three months. The last three months. So one, we have our shining case study of the one that the SaaS company where we build the apps and building management systems. And then I said, that took four years. What if we replicated it? And then when you finish school or you finish university and then you go, man, if I could go back to year 12, I'd get 99.9%. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, wow, that was so easy. But at that point in time, it was so hard, right? At that point in time, when you're in it, you're like, this is so hard and you're stressing, but in hindsight, you're like, that's so easy. And so I said, if this business of mine, the, the, the first digital agency that I had, if I could rebuild that with the brain that I have today, what could we achieve? And so in October, we registered a new company in October of 2019. And we decided to play. We decided to follow our formula and do it. And by December, we had $2 million in the pipeline. Now, that is incredible. Now, currently own two digital agencies. Now, you might say, why do you own two? Why two? The first one, if you look at it, it's like a, have, have you ever been to a Chinese restaurant, Clive? I have been in a Chinese restaurant. I've been known to eat lots in a Chinese restaurant. <laughs> How many items do they have on their menu? Squillions. They have 100 items on the menu. What is their profitability, do you think? Oh, I wouldn't hazard a guess. So they've got low profitability, low, medium, or high. They're low profitability, mm. right? But they count on is volume. And so that's my first company. My fourth company, the, the digital agency, it only has three things on the menu. So it's exclusive boutique. And what we did was those 100 items that we used, that we sell all day long, we said, which one of those are the most profitable? that add the most value to our clients, that give them, not us, give them the biggest ROI. Let's just focus on those because everything else, Prado's rule, everything else, that 80% of our income comes from 20% of our clients. And what are those clients buying? Well, they're buying this. They're buying strategy, they're buying automation, and they're buying mobile apps. So this company only focuses on those three, which made so much sense because we've got all the systems in place, et cetera. So the lesson here is niche down, Figure out that ideal client, figure out who that who you add the most value to, and just only focus on that. Too many people think that, oh, wait, you need that, Clive, you need that, I'll get it for you. I know someone. I'll stack it onto my thing, and I'll add 10 or 20% on, and yes, I've got a new product. No, you're moving away from your focus. You're moving away from your core. You're not doing yourself a service. You're doing yourself a disjustice. So anyway, do you have any questions at this stage? Trying to sell everything to everybody is not necessarily a good idea, I think you're trying to say, you have. That is seriously the wise. It's funny how everybody <laughs> turns into nobody really quickly, isn't it? Exactly. Exactly. Now, back to my other story about the SaaS company. We understood one, the end goal. The end goal was to build the company into $100 million. How were we going to do that? Who were we going to serve? We realized that it was the estate agents, uh, the estate developers, sorry, the new land developments and the buildings that got the most ROI from their investment with us. Now, if you think of a mobile app for real estate, that could be townhouses, that could be you know tiny little developments, whatever it is, schools, et cetera. But they didn't get an ROI. They didn't get a justification for the money that they would spend. These other guys would see a 10 or 100 times multiple on their investment. So we knew who we wanted to target. All of our branding and every, all the messages that we had was targeted directly to those people. So when they saw it, they go, wow, we want to do business with these guys. So this is the branding. So branding your business the right way comes into play. So this company is called Building Interactive, and the tagline is creating smart cities, one building at a time. So 
people saw that, and it's green, by the way, green logo. So when they saw that, they wanted to be part of the green revolution. So the branding, green, because people wanted to be part of the green revolution. The tagline says creating smart buildings, one building at a time. So they wanted to be part of the smart building revolution, and they wanted to be connected into the smart cities. And so the branding already opened doors for us before we could even, you know, had to pitch them anything. Our sales cycle was six months. It took us six months to close a client. Now, by changing this up and having the right messaging, we would close five to 10 buildings or deals in one meeting. It changed our entire business. And this is how we scaled. From there, we got into automation. So, hey, we've got to pump these things out. They're coming left, right, and center. They actually became like ordering pizza. So the developers would call up and say, hey, we need a new app and we need these functions and these features. When can you have it ready? That's, it literally became like pizza, amazing. So we had to automate all of our systems, all of our processes. So we built in automation, so our teams, everything could, was predictable. And then we focused on sales. How could we get more out of the lifetime value of each client? So not to sell them one thing, how could we sell them on repetition? How could we add more into the ecosystem? And so by increasing that ecosystem, they would spend more money that added more to their bottom line. Everything that we do is focused on them. It's not about us. Nobody gives a shit about us. You know, it's all about how we can help them survive and thrive. So everything is focused on them. So more sales. By this stage, now we're not even working in the business anymore. Now we're working on the business. Then we put in all the policies and procedures and systems so that we could replicate all over the world. And so that's a crucial step. McDonald's, you know, they did this, they mastered this in what, the 60s or something. By them doing that, you have the exact same experience. Before I was the salesperson, I was the person. Yes, I had a great, you know, bit of significance with, oh, Johan built this, oh, Johan. And then I realized I was bogged down in meetings where everybody was kept saying, oh, you're the tech guy, you're the tech guy. And I'm a bit more than that. Um, <laughs> so by having that system in place, I was replaceable. I was cloned. And so it made my life easier. Then we focused on the next step of the formula, which is amplifying your tribe. So all we did was joint ventures and PR. So we did the right joint ventures. We've got joint ventures with some of the biggest companies in Australia right now. And so because of those joint ventures, it allows us to scale really quickly because now those ordering like pizzas, now they're ordering trucks of them. So from there, we became, we dominated the industry. So how do you dominate the industry? We turned our competitors into our allies. So what we did was in this industry, in, in let's say the building industry, there's people who supply products and services to those buildings, to those estates. So we went up to them and said, hey, you do this, we do that. Why don't we combine forces and create one offering? And we did that with five of our top competitors. And we turned them into five of our top allies. Now, they, our sales force turned into their sales force, their sales force turned into our sales force. It is an amazing joint venture because everybody wins. And now nobody can enter in the market because we've blocked them out. And we will reign supreme until somebody comes up with a better offering, which is how businesses, marketing, and innovation. Until somebody out-innovates us, we will be the leader. And I hope somebody out-innovates us because then that'll stir us to become better at what we do and then how to innovate them, you know what I mean? Indeed, and, so, and you mentioned strategy a number of times and putting all that together in a strategic way is what's allowed you to be able to move to working on your business rather mm-hmm. than in your business. As you pointed out, you're working in your business all of a sudden, you don't have any time. Yep. Now that you're working on your business, you're not only sharing the love with 
all of the people who are working in the business, you're sharing it with all of the customers, and you actually have time for your family. Is that how it works? Exactly. Yeah. And that's the whole reason we get into business, because we get into business because we want to have more time. We want to have more freedom. We want to have more profits. And we want to make a greater impact. There's not one business owner that I know that just goes into business for selfish reasons. They always have a greater purpose. And business is a way of expressing themselves. And so, yeah, just to put the last piece on that puzzle. So after you dominate the industry, what do you do? You have to build the empire, right? So everybody's definition of building their own empire is completely different. Now, in this company, what we did was we had access now because we've built it and had the right foundations. We had access to funds, which then allowed us to go and buy up all the other companies that we wanted to. Now we're buying up all these other companies and upselling, downselling, cross-selling the databases into our core products, which then allows us to expand the empire. And so I'm a geek, by the way. So Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, you know, all that. (laughs) 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 So, yeah, so that's pretty much how we build, grow, and scale businesses. And ask me any questions you like. I'd love to share. Yeah, as you describe it, on the one hand, it sounds like a lot of work. But on the other, it sounds a relatively simple approach. I believe so. And I think this is what is missing from most people's lives. I wish I had this. 20 years ago when I started my journey because the compounding effect it would have had on the impact that I could create in the world would have been much greater than it will right now after learning it now in the last four or five years. Now that you've got all this knowledge, of course, you're able to pass that on to other people and hopefully you can get to them before they have to spend 20 years in business to figure it out. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And that's the whole reason we built the Business Authorities Community. And it was a community of business owners supporting other business owners. So even the words business authority, you, I, we are all authorities in what we do, but we are not silos. The business cannot run with just me. It runs because of all the people that I have surrounding me. Your business runs because of all the people that you just told me about. You're like, it goes to the PR department, the editing department, this, 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 the scheduling. You go, I don't know what happened, but I know it gets done and it's all good. So you need to have those other people around you. You cannot just be that silo. And if you are a silo, you are doomed to fail because there's other people out there who are creating these joint ventures or collaborations. The future is in collaboration. And so we need to be able to collaborate in order to serve who we need to serve. Sorry, go on. Did you want to say something? Community is a huge part of business. And for a time, I think business seemed to have forgotten that it is community. But people come from all walks of life to get into business. And often they find themselves in areas different to what the original walk of life was. Little Bird told me that you were an agricultural scientist. (laughs) Yes. So in a past life, seems like a lifetime ago right now. Yeah, I was an agricultural scientist when I finished my honours degree. It was in genetically modified canola. And then soon after that, I realised, well, actually, I graduated in November. And in December, the Australian government banned GM canola. So I'd spent five years doing this. New, degree new path required. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so I said to my supervisor, I said, what am I going to do? They said, go to Canada. You can start working in Canada. I said, no, it's too cold. I'm not going to Canada. <laughs> what else can I do? So they said, do this PhD. So I did a PhD in secondary biofuels and climate change. And then through that pathway, I soon learned that science was never going to be able to give me the life that I wanted. You know, we all have one life. And I did not want to spend that in the lab 
this is me, not you, whoever you're listening. If you love being in a lab, you know, that's great. You found your passion. But to me, I couldn't be sitting down in a lab and spending my next 20, 30 years like I'd seen all my peers do. I wanted to be more. And so from that, I built a little eBay business. The little eBay business made more money than my supervisors did. And then that's where I actually learned the power of leverage and systems because these the eBay would take four hours a week to run. And here I was on a $20,000 a year scholarship getting paid $400 a week. I had this eBay business where I was running around town shouting everybody, shouting the pubs. <laughs> everybody thought I was a drug dealer because they're like, <laughs> we all know that he's on a scholarship and he's making 20 grand a year. How the hell is he doing? <laughs> well, actually, one of my eBay businesses was jewelry, diamonds. Yep. And so I had this duffel bag which started off at $5,000, mind you, and I traded up and I had $200,000 in this duffel bag of diamonds. So everybody thought I was a drug dealer because this duffel bag would never leave my side. <laughs> Didn't leave my side because I had no idea where the hell to put this or store it. And I lived in a share house and they had, you know, 10, 15 people go through there every day. <laughs> I couldn't leave this duffel bag anywhere and I wouldn't leave it in my car because if somebody breaks in. Anyway, whatever. Yeah. So And indeed, it just goes to show that regardless of your beginnings, even what might appear on the surface, a very simple little business using somebody else's platform can turn into enough to get you going, get you started and give you clues as to how a business actually operates. (laughs) Can I share a little tidbit about this? Indeed. So what I was doing, so I got engaged and I bought this ring for $10,000. Now, I already told you that I was making $20,000. I had heard that you have to spend half your money on the engagement ring. Stupid me, did not take into account rent, fuel, taxes, food, anything else. I just went, oh, I make 20 grand. I'm going to spend 10 grand. Anyway, it took me three months to pay off this ring. After I paid off this ring, I see it advertised online for pretty much the exact same ring for $2,000. <laughs> I mean, this That's is a pretty good list. This is BS. I go, what the hell? So I buy this thing because you do. Put it on the credit card. I said, if it's a frauded thing, that's fine. I can get it back, get my money back. Take it to the jeweler who just sold me the ring for 10 grand. And I said, what do you think of this? He goes, nice ring. I'll give you five grand. I went, oh, wow. That's the easiest three grand that I ever made. Now, mind you, at this stage, I was making $400 a week. (laughs) So I just made three grand in like 10 minutes. I was like, wow. So then I took that money, went back to this website. It still exists, by the way. It's called BIDS.com where it's America's wholesale jewelry and all the jewelers flush all their, get rid of all their stock there. So I'd buy jewelry 90% off on this website and then I'd sell it on eBay at 50% off, making a 40% margin. Now, most of the rings are about $1,000, so 40% margin on that, you can imagine. I quickly, my bank increased. So the problem there was I had to buy it off this website and most of the auctions ended at two, three, four in the morning. So I was falling asleep at work because I was exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> and then putting it on eBay at, you know, whenever I did. And I had to go to the, run to the post office and do all this stuff. I had to do a lot of manual work. And this is the first eBay business. There were six. So when I talk about, you know, it only took me four hours a week, that's the sixth one, not the first one. <laughs> the first one was a full-time second job. Then this company, BIDS.com, they created an affiliate program. They said, anybody you send to us, we will give you a 15% commission on every sale they make. Oh, that's interesting. The average transaction on their website is $1,000. If I make 15% of that, I make $150. So I got my affiliate link and I went to Facebook and Facebook had just emerged at this stage. And 
I said, anybody between the ages of 25 to 35 who's been in a relationship for four years, I want them to see man, where we have access to all the platforms. We have access to all the data. We have access to all the information we need in order to bridge the gap. Remember, you're not here to be all things to everybody. All you have to do is bridge the gap between where they are and where they want to be. Absolutely right. It's finding that space where you can make a difference and provide people with what they want, isn't it? <laughs> so why is it a lot of people have lots of good ideas and they like to keep them to themselves? Why do you share all your strategies with your community? For sure. So about 10 years ago, I met a guy and this guy is one of the wealthiest people that I ever met. And he started telling me and those people at the dinner table, he started telling us all his ideas. And this is 2007, actually. So it's in my brain, it's 10 years ago. It's not 10 years ago. It's 13 years ago. <laughs> and I said, why are, you, why, are you telling, <laughs> they do. why are you sharing all your things with these people? And then he said something to me that I'd never forget. He said, Johan, you see, every person that you meet, they will tell you that they have a great idea. I said, yes, yes, those people around here, they all have great ideas. He goes, and how many of those people want to share their ideas? I said, well, how many? He goes, why? Because they're scared that you'll steal their ideas. He goes, yes, that's right. He goes, the reason I share my ideas, and while he was sharing his ideas, I was like, oh, I know who can do this. Oh, I know who can do that. And he goes, while I was sharing my ideas, what did you do? You started linking me to the people I have to meet in order to bring those ideas to fruition. So the lesson I learned there was if you have a rich, if you have a poor mindset, you keep your ideas to yourself and, you know, in the hopes of one day bringing them to fruition. But generally, most of the time, 99% of the time, you never do because time and other commitments, et cetera. But the rich people, rich of mentality, they share everything because when they share everything, there's other people, other connections that are happening all the time where people go, hey, actually, I know who can bring that to fruition. Come here, meet this person. And so that's one of the reasons why I share. And at the same time, I come from a place of abundance. Now, I don't know if anybody's read the book Unlimited Wealth by Paul Zane Pilsner. I think he wrote it in 1996. It was a transformational book because it made me realize that there's money and wealth everywhere. Like anywhere you look, there's so much money, so much wealth. If there was 1,000 people just like you, you wouldn't be able to capitalize on it. And so we come from a land of abundance. People have so many problems. You know, they've got 99 problems. And if you solve one, what happens? They come back to you for the next one, for the next one, for the next one. And people will always remember how you made them feel. Forget what you say. But if you help them achieve that one little goal, they'll always be like, there's this good karma. It might be my background or whatever. But by adding value to people, I feel like I create more and more karma everywhere I go. And that's reflected in my life. It continues to work for you. And so often we hear people like yourself who, who do that, they're getting great results. Whereas, as you say, people with a poor mind, they tend to not get the results because they're heading down a different path. But as we come to the end of our conversation, Johan, what's the best tip you have received from a business conversation? What's the best tip? So I was with one of my mentors and we were going past a Lamborghini shop, as you do. Man, those are expensive. And he said, it's not expensive. You just can't afford it as yet. And when he said that, that this is 10 years ago, I said, wow, what a mind shift. He goes, and what is money? Money is just an expression of value. The more value you add into the marketplace, the bigger your bank account. Because if you are serving yourself and the, the major family around you, it's reflected in your bank account. If you're serving 100 people, it's reflected in your bank account. If you serve 1,000, 10,000, 100,000 people, it's reflected in your bank account. So go out there, serve those people, and these things will become chump change for you. 
Good advice. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, What's the that top was, piece of advice, Johan, you'd like to leave listeners with today? The biggest piece of advice I'd like to leave would be to buy yourself time. Time is the one commodity that we do not get back. We are too distracted with all the devices in our hands, in front of us, etc. We have stopped thinking. Only by thinking. If you think about the wealthiest people in the world, what do they do well? They think. They strategize. They've given themselves the space to think. Because only when you think and critically think can you create solutions, can you run simulations of what the end outcomes would be. If you're distracted and if you're watching videos and if you're playing games and doing whatever, you know, Netflix and chill, all those sorts of things. We live in a society where we have access to absolutely everything, but we do not utilize any of that most of the time. I mean, listening to your podcast is the best start that they can ever give themselves. So, <laughs> Indeed, yes. Excellent idea to uh, get back some extra time and pick up some real clues on how you can do it. But most importantly, how can our listeners connect with you to start their own business conversation? Awesome. I'd love for them to connect with me. We've created a training series where you can, everything that I've talked about, I expand Head over it. They can go to businessauthorities.com forward slash new hyphen training. They can access some videos there or they can go on Facebook and type in business authorities community and they can reach us all there. And it's business authorities, all one word, just with the normal spelling, nothing special. It's businessauthorities.com. Perfect. Thank Easy you. Easy so to find. Johan, this has been wonderful. Thank you. And we don't mind that your 13 years felt like 10. That's absolutely <laughs> fine. We go with that. Some of us have more. Yep. You know, extensive periods that seem to have disappeared. But <laughs> <laughs> thank you for being part of our business conversation. And thank you for having me. look forward to chatting with you again soon. It's a pleasure. I look forward to talking to you soon. Thanks for listening to another episode of Business Conversations with Clive Enever. Make sure you subscribe to future episodes via your favourite podcast app. And you can find more business resources at cliveenever.com.au.